Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome Encounter Church to our new series, Names and Frames, based on Isaiah 62. I'm going to be replacing Zion and Jerusalem with Shepparton. Regarding Shepparton, I can't keep my mouth shut. Regarding Shepparton, I can't hold my tongue until her righteousness blazes down like the sun and her salvation flames up like a torch. Foreign countries will see your righteousness and world leaders your glory. You'll get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. You'll be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand. A jeweled gold cup held high in the hand of God. No more will anyone call you rejected. And your country will no more be called ruined. You'll be called my delight and your land married because God delights in you. And your land will be like a wedding celebration for as a young man marries his virgin bride, so your builder marries you. And as a bridegroom is happy in his bride, so God is happy with you. I have posted watchmen on the walls, Shepparton. Day and night they keep at it, praying, calling out, reminding God to remember. They are to give him no peace until he does what he said, until he makes Shepparton famous as the city of praise. God has taken a solemn oath, an oath he means to keep. Never again will I open your grain-filled barns to your enemies to loot and eat. Never again will foreigners drink the wine that you worked so hard to produce. No, the farmers will grow the food and eat the food and praise God for it. And those who make the wine will drink the wine in my holy courtyards. Walk out the gates, get going, get the road ready for the people, build the highway, get at it, clear the debris. Hoist high a flag, a signal to all peoples. Yes, God has broadcast to all the world. Tell daughter Shepparton, look, your Saviour comes, ready to do what He said He'd do. Prepare to complete what He promised. Shepparton will be called new names, holy people, God redeemed, sought out, city not forsaken. Yeah, what a word. I love it. Isaiah 62. So... I'm continuing with this series today. I get the privilege of doing part two of Names and Frames. Wow. <laughs> so I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited. I've been excited uh, all week for this because um, I love this next passage of scripture. So uh, last week, uh, Pastor Robbie started the series and he focused on the first two verses of Isaiah 62. And, uh, and he really spoke into breakthrough, breakthrough over your life, breakthrough over this church, breakthrough over Shepparton and the greater Shepparton region. You know, he spoke into stirring up passion, stirring up for us to pray and to speak out and to believe and to believe until when? Until God does what he's promised over this place. And so we're going to continue on today and I'm, I'm going to go into the next few verses and, and this is really a word that is really quite um, 
unique to my life, I guess. It's just, you know how sometimes there's, there's a thing, there's a message, there's a thing that's part of who you are and I think this is part of who I am and so I'm excited about that. So uh, a few weeks ago, we were up on the Gold Coast and I, I, that's where we're from. Um, my name's Kathy. for any of you who don't know, and I'm Pastor Robbie's wife, if you don't know that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's an honour, yeah. So we were on the Gold Coast, that's where we're from, and I was back there spending some time with some of the leadership of the church that we were originally from. And we were talking about here, and we were talking about Encounter and Shepparton, and one of them said to me, I I have a word for you, and that is Isaiah 62. That is for you, for your church, for your region in this season now. And I've got to admit, I didn't just know what the whole chapter was about off the top of my head. I had to go back and read it. And so I did that, and I read it and went, oh, wow, this is a word for this church, for this season, for now. It just spoke to me and I was like, yeah. So, you know, brought it back to Robbie, brought it back to the team and went, I think we need to really speak this out. This is really important. And, uh, and so here we are. So let me just read to you the next, you don't need to go to the slide, I'm just going to read it to you, that part that Robbie uh, spoke out in that video, that is verse 2 to 5. And that's what I'm focusing on today. You will get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. You will be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand. A jewelled gold cup held high in the hand of your God. No more. No more will anyone call you rejected. And your country will no more be called ruined. You will be called Hepzibah. My delight. This is God speaking over you. You will be called Beulah, your land Beulah, meaning married or my possession, because God delights in you. And your land will be like a wedding celebration. For as a young man marries his virgin bride, so your builder marries you. And as a bridegroom is happy with his bride... So your God is happy with you. That's such a promise. And, uh, and that's what we're going to look at today. You know, through our whole lives, from the moment we're born, we're given names and labels. And those names and labels frame our whole existence. They frame our life. They frame our purpose, where we go and what we do. Right from the name that we're given from our parents... And we know right through the Bible that names are significant. God refers to names. He changes names. He refers to the meanings of names. He relates the meaning of a name to somebody's purpose and position and and what they're created for. So we know that names are really powerful and uh, and no less powerful in in this verse. And in our lives, you know, we're given so many different names. You know, she's shy. Oh, she's just shy. Don't worry about her. That's okay. And you start to live that. Oh, he's really good at sport. And you start to go believe it and go, I'm really good at sport. Or you might, you know, maybe when you were at school, this is what happened when I was at school, they'd pick two people from the class and uh, they'd be the two team captains and each kid would have to choose who they wanted on their team. And let me tell you, I was usually one of the last chosen 
So I started to believe I'm not very good at team sports. So guess what? I hated team sports my whole life. I only ever played, you know, tennis and squash and things like that. So the things that people speak over you, the names and the labels that they give you, they actually do shape you. But God says, I'm going to give you a new name. It's actually thought that a name is the most powerful, most important word in anybody's language. Like, wow. Like your ears prick up when you hear your name. Whether it's your name, Annie, or whether it's your name, you're no good at that. Whatever that name is, whatever that label is, it's become familiar to you and your ears prick up when you hear it. I can remember being a, a young kid and, uh, you know, I, we would play out all over the place. You know, we could be two or three or four blocks away and I could hear my mum. <laughs> I could hear my mum and I could tell the difference between her calling my name, saying, I'm just wondering where you are and that call of my name, get home right now, <laughs> you know. You could tell the difference, you know. So, anyway, before we go any further, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the writer of each of our stories. And you give each of us a name and you frame our lives with purpose and significance. Open our ears to your voice. Allow us to hear what you're calling us. Allow us to hear your name for us. Open our eyes so that we can see ourselves the way you see us. Open our eyes so that we can see others the way that you see them. Anoint this word today, God. Help me to speak your message and to bring life and hope. Let lives forever be changed in this place today. May people find freedom. May they find restoration. May people in this place find liberation from the names and the labels that have been incorrectly placed on them by the systems of this world. May each and every person who hears this word be transformed by the power of your spirit in the name above every name, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever noticed <clears throat> when you're driving along and you're driving really fast down, you know, some the highway or whatever, that the things that are really close to this side of the road seem to be moving faster than the things that are away in the distance yeah right yeah phenomenal that's a phenomena what about and I'm sure most of the women in the church will get this you're driving along you're in the passenger seat and you're looking over and you're pretty sure the speedometer needle is past the speed limit right you look over and you go I think you're speeding you better slow down who does that <laughs> and uh and the, dra the driver, you know who you are, normally goes, no, I'm not. I'm right on. I'm right on the speed limit. It's all cool. And you're thinking, well, from where I'm sitting, looks like you're speeding. And they're insisting, no way, I'm not speeding at all. Um, that is called a parallax effect. Hence the title of my message, the parallax effect. And what that is, is a displacement or a difference of apparent position of something subject to the position of the person that's looking at it. 
See, as humans, we have biocular vision. So we see two different images from our two separate eyes and those two separate images form one image in our brain. And that's part of how we interpret depth and how we interpret perception. And, uh, and depending then on our position, where we sit, the angle from which we're looking at life, looking at ourselves, looking at other people, which will depend on how we interpret that thing. In a really similar way, I found we can do the same thing when we're looking at other people, you know, when we're looking at, at ourselves. And sometimes we might look from a position at other people and think they've got their life all together. Wow, they look pretty amazing. Every time I see them on Facebook and Instagram, they're smiling, it's a party, they're eating the best food, they've dressed best, they've got heaps of friends, obviously, life is awesome. You know, otherwise, sometimes we look at people from a position and we go, well, you look pretty messed up. Your life looks like it's a bit of crazy chaos. And, and we're making these kind of assumptions based on the position we are, not necessarily exactly where they are. And, you know, the world often seeks to just write its own story over our lives. It likes to write the story of chaos over you, confusion, shame, disconnection. But uh, I've heard it said that a name becomes like a second skin. And we start to wear that thing, that it grows over you. And it's actually really difficult to remove skin it's actually quite difficult. We even become quite comfortable in that skin. And skin regenerates. It regenerates itself. And, uh, and so removing that skin can be quite a tricky thing to do. A name creates a frame or a lens through which we view ourselves and, review and view others. A label or a name is has the greatest connection to our personal identity. And uh, like a skin, it becomes synonymous with who we are. So, like I was saying, a, a name or a label might be um, positive or negative. And I was hoping Shane and Michelle would be here today because Shane knows the label on him is he's awesome. <laughs> and he wears that very well and he's quite proud of it. He knows he's awesome. <laughs> but that's not always the case. Sometimes that name, that thing that's become that second skin, that thing you have comfortably wear is actually quite a negative thing and it's not what God's speaking over you. When, um, when Pastor Vaughan Painter was here and uh, preaching with us a few months ago, he was talking about our third sentence. He's like, what's that third sentence? You know, when somebody's trying to say, oh, you know, Robbie O'Donnell, you know, he's the one that jumps around and yells and screams a lot when he preaches. <laughs> it's that third sentence. What are you known by? For Vaughan, he was very humble in saying his third sentence is, he's the bald, fat guy. <laughs> and, uh, but they're the, they're the things, that frame, that label and name, how people identify us or how we identify ourselves. And that can be quite cool or that can be um, not so cool. See, perspective plays a really profound role in who we were, in how we see who we were created to be and what we were created for, what we were purposed for. 
there's this well-known American artist called Michael Murphy. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. But uh, he creates what's called perspective art or perceptual art. Or sometimes it's called anamorphic art. Uh, and he uses that parallax effect to create the, that art that I was talking about. So I'm going to play you a video so you can see what I mean. Hopefully. That Okay, I love that. You can see the, the first one, you know, where it's the word change, and then if you look around, turn around and look at it from a different angle, it says pays. You know, sometimes what we see is we're looking at our lives from a particular angle and we're seeing one word, one label, one name over us. That's not correct, and God's trying to say, I want you to turn around and see yourself from a different perspective. He's saying in Isaiah 62... From the position of your past, all we can see is that you're rejected. You're not good enough. You're not even wanted. He's saying from the position of your past, all, he can, all he's seen is ruin. And, you know, I was thinking of that word ruin. It means unsalvageable, beyond repair, like good for nothing. When if it's ruined, you chuck it out. Like that, that's pretty powerful if they're the words that have been spoken over you. They're really powerful words that can really shape the way you live out your life. Can we just go to the next slide? But God says, you'll get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. Not from the mouths of people, but from the mouth of God. The one who writes your story. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. The one who created you for purpose. He says, we go to the next slide. He says, somewhere there. Okay, from where I sit, I call you. No more will anyone call you rejected and your country will not be called ruined. You can go to the next one because this is a big scripture. You will be called Hepzibah, my delight, and your land, Beulah, married. See, God says, from where I'm positioned, I'm calling you my possession. I'm calling you married. Like a bridegroom who's happy with his bride and celebrates her. That's what God's speaking through the prophet Isaiah, but over his people. He's saying, I'm joining myself to you. I'm making a promise to you. See, there was this time back when I was a teenager. Um, when I was 14, I had an encounter with God in my bedroom at home, all by myself. I'd never met I'd never been to church. I knew nothing really of the gospel. I'd been to Sunday school a handful of times as a little kid. I'd been to religious education in primary school. But I had an encounter with God. I didn't really know what that was about, but it was very distinct and I can remember it vividly now. A few months later, one of my aunties had started going to church and she invited me along. 
And uh, anyway, I went once. Second time I went, I, uh, I met Jesus and I got baptised in the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I still, that was just before I turned 15. And, uh, and so I started going to church. I started going to uh, a really old school AOG church. It was very conservative. Uh, but I had some incredible encounters with God in that place. And I really loved the presence of God in that place. So, uh, yeah. So that's looking at my life from one perspective. If you turned around and looked at my life and described my life from this perspective, you would say this. When I was 15, I dropped out of school. Before my 16th birthday, I moved out of home. And I started to live a really wild life. But through all that, I still enjoyed the presence of God. (laughs) By the time I was 17, there was a lot of scandal that surrounded my life. I had a pretty bad reputation. Some of it true, some of it not true. And uh, one Sunday, I went to church and somebody said to me, why are you here? Why do you even bother coming? It's such a waste of time you even being here. See, that person, from their perspective of their own self-righteousness, all they could see was the broken pieces. All they could see was the chaos and the mess. And they thought that they had the right to speak into that. And that really did rattle me. It did rattle me because while I hadn't learnt a lot about grace, I did know God and I knew that he loved me. Anyhow, after that, that name, that name rejected. You're not wanted here. You're wasting your time. That name ruined. You're good for nothing. There's nothing God can do with your life. You're wasting your time. Why are you here? They attached themselves to me like a second skin. And I wore those. I began to wear those names. And they framed me with shame. And I believed it. So for some time after that, I hardly went to church. And uh, I continued to live not a wild life, but a very, very wild life. And, uh, but during that time, I really did miss the presence of God. And believe it or not, I still did have a relationship with him. I'd find myself in some pretty crazy situations and the first thing I'd be doing was, God, can you get me out of here? I don't even know where I am, can you get me home? I would pray some pretty crazy prayers, but God was there. He would show up, believe it or not. So it amazes me that people pass judgment and look at other people's lives from that parallax effect, from that distorted perspective, and have the audacity to say, you're broken, you're messed up, you're rejected, you're no good for anything, you're beyond repair, God can't do anything with you. That is so far from the truth. That is so far from the truth. See, I think that how many people have been excluded from an encounter with God because of words spoken over them, because of judgments 
made, all because of that crazy perspective, not seeing people through the eyes of God, through the eyes of grace. So I thank God for some freedom fighters that came into my life. Definitely. Praise God, there were some other rejects who had had the opportunity to discover truth and grace. And I had a friend called Paul, I didn't really know him that well, but he rang me up and he said, hey, I've found this church, why don't you come along? And um, I thought, yeah, okay, all right, why not? It was way down the southern end of the Gold Coast, somewhere where I never would ever go because that's where all the weird hippie, surfy people were and I was a surface paradise girl, (laughs) that's for sure. And uh, anyhow, I got invited and I went along and, you know, these, the people in this church were really out there on the edge. I'd come from a church where it wasn't okay to have drums, it wasn't okay to um, have electric guitars. Girls really needed to wear dresses on a Sunday and men really should wear a suit. And so I turned up at this church where nobody cared at all what you wore. Nobody cared where you'd been. They didn't care what crazy things you might have been addicted to. They didn't care what weird stuff you'd been involved in. None of that mattered because their message was grace. The undeserved, unmerited favour of God. That grace abounds to every single person. That nobody can earn that. That the unconditional love of God is available for every person. That God can take your mess and he can create something amazing from it those random pieces he can turn it around and create a work of art in that that no one is beyond the reach of God's love and no one is beyond repair and that message started to speak new names over me names like you are redeemed you are chosen you are loved you're forgiven, you're wanted, you're protected. And that started to frame my future with hope and with promise. No longer ruined, but purposed. No longer beyond repair, but healed and whole. A future with God on my side. And I began to see my life and the lives of people around me from a completely different perspective. And gradually, that second skin started to lift off. Now, now I'm not saying I'm not still shedding that skin, because I am. Like I said before, skin's really hard to remove, and it regenerates itself. And if you're not careful, those names and those labels that you're wearing like a second skin will continue to regenerate and continue to regenerate. And you need to continue to shed them. And the, really the only place you can do that is in the presence of God. And believing his word. And believing what he says over you. And seeing yourself from his perspective. So the message of grace and hope and love became not just how I see myself but how I see others. And that passion, that kind of righteous anger really gets me if I see people not treating people through those eyes and through that lens. I'll just read a quote. I was going to read this earlier and I forgot. That's okay. So, Robbie likes this. 
from last week, I think I said it to you. Maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe your journey is about unbecoming everything that isn't really you. So you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. Yeah. So, the tribe of Judah in Isaiah 62, they did experience rejection and ruin and abandonment by God. You know, that's what the prophet's speaking about. But God, the God of heaven and the God of earth, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, he's seeing them from the right perspective. He's seeing you from the right perspective. And he's calling out to you from your future. He's saying, you are my delight. You are my possession. You are my bride that I celebrate, that I'm excited about, that I love. We'll go to the next slide. He's saying, let my promise frame your future. In fact, you will be a stunning crown in the palm of God's hand. You will be a jewelled gold cup held high in the hand of God. That is, you are so loved and so treasured that you won't be hidden. You won't be, that you will be lifted up and you will be shown off. See, our key scripture over this church is Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that won't be hidden. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. But they put it on a stand so that it gives light to the whole house or the whole region. That's it. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out so that everyone will see and glorify God. Am I going for time? Musicians. I need the musicians up here. <laughs> I said music. Oh no, I nearly said it wrong, didn't I? <laughs> Got your problem, Robbie. <laughs> so, at the core of this message are three things, really. One is how do you see others? From what perspective are you viewing other people? How do you see yourself? And are you getting a God perspective? See, maybe you know that you look on people from that displaced position and what you're seeing is actually not exactly correct. You know, you're judging people. You're judging people from a place of self-righteousness. You're judging people from an earthly view of what you see, not from what God says about them, not from the potential He says. Maybe how do you see yourself? Maybe you're holding on to those names and those labels that have been become such a comfortable skin on you that it's not even that easy to let go. It's your reference point. Every time you hear it, your ears prick up. Oh, yeah, that's me. That's right. I'm rejected. Oh, yeah, that's me. That's right. I'm ruined. That's right. That's me. I'm ashamed. That's right. That's me. That's what people tell me. I'm not wanted. That's right. I'm not good enough. Is, are you holding on to those things? Are they staying with you? Or are you choosing to get a God perspective 
on yourself. Because when you get a God perspective on yourself, you're going to start to get a God perspective on other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a new name for you. You can start to let go. Let go of some of those names and labels. Let them go. Can I get everyone to stand? And I'm just going to pray over everyone here. Hopefully there's a lot to think about in all of that and reflect on. Because sometimes, you know, like a second skin, you don't actually even see it. You don't always even see it. You're responding to those names and you don't even realise you're responding to them. You're responding to those labels and you don't even realise that you're doing it because it's become that second skin. But, you know, God says, I want to give you a new name. I want to give you a new label. I want to heal your heart. I want to set you free. I want to bind up that broken heart. I want to tell you that I have a new name for you, that I have a plan and a purpose for you, and that that is not to do you any harm, but that is to do you good, because I love you and I delight in you. All right, I'm just going to pray, pray a prayer over you. Lord, I thank you for every single person in this place. And I know that there's not one person here who doesn't carry some kind of name or some kind of label that is contrary to everything that you say about them. Lord, we just surrender to you and God, we give you every one of those things that would seek to frame our future, frame our perspective in something that is not what you're saying about us. Lord, we just surrender that to you, God. And I just pray your healing balm. Lord, I pray your love and your grace would just flow over each and every single person here. May we let go of those frames that distort our perspective of who you are calling us to be. May we allow you to replace them with your word, with your truth, with your hope, with a new future, with a new name, attaching your name to our identity. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.